Hello and welcome to the Ask Dr. Ben podcast. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. As a holistic-minded physician, I've spent the last 20 years looking outside the box and conducting research to find the true causes of skin conditions and other diseases. And while the focus of my work has been on aesthetic medicine and unlocking the secrets to reversing skin damage, this podcast will also include many other exciting revelations pertaining to you and your family's health and well-being. So let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ask Dr. Ben. Such a pleasure to be with you guys, and today's subject is hyperpigmentation, age spots, melasma, and more. You know, what we want to talk about today is really understanding your body a little bit better so that you don't uh, <laughs> curse it. And, uh, you know, my in my ideal philosophy, you would bless these things as you recognize they're purposeful and they're there to protect you. And hyperpigmentation speaks to that. So what does the term hyperpigmentation mean? Well, it means there's more pigment than is normal. But really, the term that I want to teach you today is post inflammatory hyperpigmentation. I might refer to it often as PIH. It's sort of a technical term, but it's typically described as a, an event that occurs after someone has a really inflammatory facial procedure, like a chemical peel or a laser peel, and they get a little too much sunlight, or sometimes it doesn't take too much sunlight, just a little sunlight, and they uh, their skin immediately creates this layer of melanin over the top of it. I like to think of it as an umbrella of melanin because it really paints the picture correctly for you all. So we have this layer of melanin that covers all of us all the time. Really, it's 24-7. You know, speaking uh, back to just general body function, uh, your melanocytes are these remarkable cells within the body. Of course, communicating with every other cell in the body. It's a team effort at all times. And they're there to generate a level of protection for you. Now, you may wonder why somebody say a relative or friend creates more pigment than you do. And, you know, then you have, of course, uh, ethnic skin types, Asian, Indian, African-American, African. Uh, now that I realize, you know, my audience is as much global as it is United States. You know, what is what is generating that? This is epigenetics in play. You've heard me talk about it. One of my favorite subjects. And what essentially is happening is over a period of time, ancestrally, as you're sharing the genes of your parents, that coding, that epigenetic coding determines how much melanin you're actually producing. And so the skin is, you know, in, in the UK, you're going to see skin that's lily white because of that um, ancestral heritage. And in uh, other parts of the country, it might be some blend of lily white to dark skin. And that's all purposeful. And it's all based on the amount of sun you get. Now, the one con of having darker skin is it's harder for you to form vitamin D. You know, melanin is essentially a UV protectant. And so if I had to pick one thing that uh, makes having that much melanin more challenging is it's harder to produce vitamin D in the sunlight. And as a result of that, you know, individuals who have darker skin who live in countries where there's not a lot of sun have an even harder time. And, and you've heard me say in the past, vitamin D is one of the most unsung heroes uh, in the human body. It, it is clearly linked to 
the extension of your life uh, to reducing massive numbers of disease. And so for that purpose, just know that if you are an individual who, let's say, is Hispanic or Indian or African-American and you are uh, adverse to the sun from all of the brainwashing uh, that has occurred in our countries, reconsider because vitamin D supplementation is not enough. And what, let's just say it differently. Vitamin D supplementation is good, but it is not getting the job done the way a naturally derived vitamin D would, as you might imagine. Okay, so the melanocyte. This melanocyte sits along the edges of the hair follicle in storage, and it migrates up to the surface just within the epidermis to a specific pattern. You know, it it divides itself quite brilliantly as it lays itself out along your uh, base of your epidermis, and it covers color really remarkably evenly. If you think about it, if you were to drop a paint producer into, I don't know if this is a good analogy or not, but we'll chase it down, have something that produced a certain amount of paint into a a system and you had to perfectly create the amount of, you know, each individual paint production site has its own level of production and yet for some, in some magical way in this in all of the coverage of your skin on your body this pigment production magically produces a, a remarkably even amount of skin tone now you might be listening to this podcast because your skin tone isn't even and you're looking for solutions for it and so i get that yes it is true over time with uv damage and with other types of conditions you will have uneven skin tone, and we're going to get to that. But I I want you to just take a minute to appreciate those cells, how beautifully they lay down color in your body, and how reactive and protective they are. Now, the body's intelligent. It knows, for example, in the springtime, that if you go out in the sun the first time, your, your melanocytes have been dormant a while, and so they don't know what level of activity to, to go into. But once, I don't know if it's the UV index, like, right, you know, it's, these are systems that we don't fully understand. Let's be clear. The body's just a miraculous, complex system. So for some reason, the body knows to go dormant. You know, I think, if, you know, as I speak to you, I would say it's about efficiency. Everything in the body is about making a very efficient system so that you can run at your best even when you're not healthy. So the amount of melanin it produces does vary seasonally, and it also varies individually. So if you go out in the sun one day, your body starts to produce a hormone called melanocyte-stimulating hormone. And that hormone triggers a 24-hour later tan, if you will. So the, you have an initial darkening that occurs in the sun, and that is typically oxidation of the melanin in your skin. And then you have the... 24 hour later tan, which develops as a result of the body knowing that it is now time to see the sun more often. The fact that you're in the sun one day uh, increases the likelihood you're going to have more sun days to follow. So that's sort of how the system works. Melanocyte simulating hormone is something that I've been working with with a supplement. It's also something I'm now working with in the lab. And it's a fascinating hormone And it's worth checking out if you have any interest in that. We won't have time today to dive too deep into it. 
And so that's sort of how the tan is produced. That is why when you use a tanning cream, you're not getting any sun protection because you're actually creating a chemical reaction with hydroxyacetone that has no sun protective benefits. Remember, melanin is amazing. So beyond vitamin D, one of the other reasons I personally love the sun is melanin is amazing and protective and it has the ability to hide imperfections on the skin. And it's another reason why people use a tanner. They're like, oh, I look better with a tan. Well, yeah, that's because of the, its ability to hide imperfections. But where it should be applauded most is its UV protective capacity. And there's probably more to it than that, by the way. I, I've noticed, for example, that really fair-skinned individuals, oftentimes redheads, have more allergies, uh, more sensitivities, obviously more sun sensitivity. But beyond that, there seems to be some immune benefit to melanocytes. Understanding that, we need to now analyze what is hyperpigmentation, why does it exist, and what are the different types of it. So, to cover it uh, generally, the three main types of hyperpigmentation are age spots, liver spots, and melasma. Age spots, liver spots, and melasma. And I do distinguish them. Uh, I know a lot of dermatologists will tell you that a liver spot is an age spot. A lot of dermatologists and estheticians talk about dermal pigmentation. So remember, your epidermis is divided by something called the dermal-epidermal junction. And below that is your dermis. And so it's unusual to have a lot of pigment in the dermis, but sometimes it does migrate to that region. I, I do think that has a lot to do with the inflammatory processes happening at that level. It's not, it's not unheard of in the sense that your follicles dive deep into your dermis and that is where the storehouse of melanin goes. But I'm going to challenge it a little bit. I'm going to challenge the idea of dermal pigmentation a little bit because what I see generally is that it is dermal redness, it's dermal inflammation is what really people are seeing. And when you have a bit of brown on the surface skin, the epidermis, and the wound underneath it, which we're going to get to here in a second, the wound underneath it is inflamed or, or more red, then the brown on the surface looks browner. And so that is a lot of times confusing to people. So let's dive right in. Age spots. Age spots are the result of repeated oxidation events occurring in your epidermis to cell wall structures, to the DEJ itself. Remember that your DEJ is the part of your epidermis that's on the front lines but doesn't continue to shed. So it is the one that accumulates the damage. And the secret sauce to age spots is that you keep wearing and you keep wearing that skin down with repeated UV exposure. And to be honest, not just UV exposure. So I'm going to add, unfortunately, some of the other things that may shock you. Repeated applications of acid, repeated chemical peels, repeated laser procedures. All of these things create DNA damage permanent DNA damage like this don't don't misunderstand these these things you should not can take lightly and potentially even you could argue like using retinols on your skin that oxidize and create DNA damage everything that wounds your DEJ is at play here and there's a point at which your body's like oh okay I can fix that oh all right no I got that and then it's just a little too much. It's a little too hard to repair. And what shows up on your skin first is a red spot. And all the red spot is, is the body attempting to repair this region on your face. 
And so it's increasing circulation. Think about the intelligence of that, by the way. Recognizes that this wound is not healing. The best way to heal this wound would be to increase the presentation of more immune cells to heal and repair that area. It's just really phenomenal. And think about how isolated these spots are. Like a lot of our H spots are really tiny freckle size, like, oh, what, um, you know, I don't have a millimeter number in my head, but, you know, you know, we see them on our, on our bodies to, enough to know what size uh, the typical age spot is. And age spots are typically smaller. And I kind of, uh, the analogy I use sometimes for age spots is uh, like a pair of jeans. You know, you wear jeans forever, and then all of a sudden they start to develop a hole in that one spot. Why that one spot? Why, why not the whole knee? I mean, you, you were wearing it. Well, it's because there were these little micro tears that kept happening when you rubbed up against things or kneeled down on the cement or whatever it was, and that eventually led to that one spot failing. So same thing on the skin, repeated oxidation damage. And why do you get oxidation damage? Well, the sun hits the oxygen in the skin, which the skin is designed to handle, by the way, but it hits the oxygen in the skin enough times, and that oxygen-free radical triggers a level of inflammation. So the irony of age spots, and, and there's so much irony in the beauty industry, the irony of age spots is what we do to treat them is we put ingredients on the skin that are highly toxic, that cause DNA damage, so they literally further the wound. You know, they, they pretty much guarantee you're never going to permanently treat that wound. And they oxidize because you might be using certain oxygen creams or a method. So oxygen is another source of damage that, that some people use on the skin to, to help with pigmentation. And then you have exfoliants. And, you know, as you're going to hear from me today, exfoliants are actually the most effective method for lightening other than poisoning. <laughs> so there's three categories. Tyrosinase inhibition. So tyrosinase enzyme is an enzyme in the melanocyte that makes melanin. And oh, it's, I should say it's key part of the melanin manufacturing process. And so there's a whole class of lighteners called tyrosinase inhibitors that are, you know, they can be reasonable and they're, they're non-toxic, but there is a specific group of tyrosinase inhibitors that are also poisonous to the melanocyte. The one I'm thinking of that is the most popular in the world today is hydroquinone. And hydroquinone is its own beast, and it is effective because it is a poisoner of the melanocyte in addition to being a tyrosinase inhibitor. You could look at uh, retinoic acid is a poisoner of the melanocyte and an exfoliator, so it can be effective in lightening pigmentation. I'm going to do my best to avoid saying the words treat pigmentation because none of that class is doing that. If you are not repairing the original wound, then you are not doing that. So we'll get into a little more of those in a bit, but let's go back to this wound. So for the age spot, you have this red spot first, and the red spot will hang on as long as it can, but it doesn't take too much after that wound is identified as a problem area, uh, hence the increased vascularity and circulation to the zone, that the, the melanocytes in the region also decide to step in and create this umbrella of melanin. That is what an age spot is. And that umbrella of melanin is going to be darker the more the intense the wound is. And it is purposeful and perfect for you. It's, it's really an attempt to prevent potential skin cancer formation, if I had to guess. You know, again, guessing what the brilliant body is thinking. But, you know, when you have DNA damage, it's usually oxidation is, is typically repairable, but severe oxidation 
can lead, of course, to oxidizing DNA strands and creating tations and, and leading to some more se- serious problems. So, yes, that is an age spot. And, uh, you know, I think I'll reserve like a further detail on, on the treatments of these until we get through this list. And I did forget one other part of that list, which is PIH, say, from acne or post-peel. Like I said, all of these are PIH, right? Because post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation and age spot, the inflammation is, is the red spot that is from repeated UV exposure. I should say repeated UV damage. Really important, you know, because I started off this thing giving you a little vitamin D reminder. And I just want to remind you again that healthy sun exposure is when you don't get a sunburn. And uh, it is possible. It's something you should attempt to do as often as you can. And I don't believe that leads to age spots. But, you know, it can quickly turn on you, right? You could be out having healthy sun exposure and then be stuck in a situation where you can't get out of the sun and overdo it. And that will be the way to get there. Okay, a liver spot. Now, liver spot is a larger spot on the face. It is uh, reflective of the damage that is caused by uh, what I believe uh, is liver damage from specific hormones in our foods, basically our meat and dairy. So to me, there's a a soup that is required in order for a liver spot to form. And I want to emphasize this because I really do, you know, of all the spots on your face, liver spots have an emotional connection, and that is anger. Anger, you know, there's many, uh, I don't know what to call them, philosophers, uh, Ayurvedic, Chinese medicine uh, experts, all of them will connect anger and the liver. And I think there's something to that. And so in my efforts to try to repair all things on the skin and elsewhere, I found that liver spots have been my nemesis (laughs) because of the anger. The anger perpetuates and makes that healing of that wound difficult. So I've literally advised many, many of my clients and patients to, if they have a new, a brand new liver spot, to try to isolate and identify. And I have a personal experience to this. I had uh, been carrying some anger over the way uh, my ex-wife handled our children essentially post-divorce and uh, basically my relationship with our children and all those things. And I I thought, you know, you do a lot of work as you get older and the divorce is, you know, 15 years ago or something. And so you do a lot of work and you're like, okay, you know, everyone has their own thing and you think you've processed it. But it was, you know, sometimes you don't realize like it still is is there in a present and energetic form. And so I did even more work. And lo and behold, the liver spot is, is uh, it's like a tiny speck on my face today compared to what it was not too long ago. And in fact, you know, by doing the work on really going introspectively to look for those anger triggers that, that may just be buried in you, you have to go and you have to think about what, like, because your mind will tell you, what are the things I remember as being most angry about in my life? And you can identify, I've, I've identified like three things where I was like, I was really angry about that. I was an injustice, you know? And so try to do that because liver spots are going to be tough to treat otherwise. And they are, you know, this is the one they might call dermal age spot, but no, it's, it's just a very challenging spot. And even if you take a laser to it and lighten it and basically lift the umbrella off the skin temporarily, that red spot's not going to go away until you heal the liver. Now you may be asking, what is it? exactly in the liver that causes those spots. And there are essentially two things. It is bovine growth hormone, 
So it's like human growth hormone, but bovine growth hormone and equiline sulfate. These are the things that I have determined through muscle testing, essentially, which is, you know, been a very effective tool for me um, to get the results that we're getting today. So for, if you're somebody's listening to me for the first time, you're like, muscle testing, where's the research? It's like, you're not going to get anybody to go study and evaluate what the impact is of these incredibly, I'll put quotes around important components of the uh, meat and dairy industry. So yeah, I am confident that these are the sources and you're going to hear some sources for melasma. It's different, but for those that makes it challenging because there's a ton of people who do meat and dairy, but you might just pay attention to uh, the vegetarians and the vegans out there and see their, the number of um, liver spots that they have. Now remember you see liver spots and sometimes like in Asian cultures, I'm fascinated. They'll get a massive liver spot. Like, here's my take on that. My take is that these individuals are coming from these other countries where this, the exposure to these types of poisons is not, it's not, their DNA hasn't acclimated yet. So their, uh, their liver takes a stronger hit from it. And that's why you might see, um, in particularly Asian skin, it's these large, large liver spots. And again, very large liver spot is actually going to be, if it's on both sides of the face, a melasma, which is what we're going to get to next. So what else do I have to tell you about liver spot? Let's see. Very stubborn, very difficult to lighten um, because the wound in the, li- in the skin, and you say, well, wait, why is there a wound in the skin if I'm hurting the liver? It's a sister organ, uh, like all our organs are, but there's, this is, this is how your body works. And, and gosh knows, maybe, maybe in fact, it's meant to tell you something, Hey, you've got some anger issues you got to deal with. I'm not, you know, I say that half joking because, uh, I do think you're, the skin is there as a messenger for all of this. Okay. Let's get to uh, melasma. Now, melasma is something that occurs in a lot of women uh, post-pregnancy. And, but for a lot of women, they notice that it'll go away. And usually it'll go away on the first kid, maybe goes away on the second kid, not as so much on the third kid. So what's happening there compared to melasma related to just I never had children. I have melasma. What the heck's going on? Well, it all comes back to the liver again. So this is, again, liver damage related to Drugs, typically birth control pills, the scourge of society, birth control pills, poisonous to the to women and their livers. And in some women, uh, it leads to, uh, you know, the, the studies say one out of three women on birth control pills develop melasma. Now, what do the, the, the experts say? I put uh, quote, quotation marks around experts. The experts say it's a hormonal imbalance problem. Okay. Okay. I, I kind of agree with that. You are taking birth control pills, they're hormones, and it causes an imbalance in your body and wounds your liver. I could buy that. But where they're missing the boat is that these hormones are pervasive throughout your body. So if it's literally about uh, you have too much estrogen, not enough progesterone or vice versa, then your all your cells would get dark. But no, you get unique patches. And one person gets patches on the forehead. Another person gets patches on the cheeks. And uh, some people get patches around their lips. And others have diffuse facial melasma. And then, of course, there's also body melasma. So here's my general take on this. Hormones cause melasma. You could be taking them for menopause. You could be taking them for birth control. Uh, However you're taking them, they cause melasma. They're not the only drug, by the way. I'll give you a list in a second. So then you have the issue of uh, what, what happens to the liver? Where does it get hurt? And that is what determines where on your face. So by my estimation, and you can go to my, um, excuse me, you can go to my skin map on osmosisbeauty.com. 
And you'll see, I believe the pigmentation map is up. If it's not, I'll make sure to get it up. But you'll see that the estrogen affects mainly the cheeks going up to kind of the temples and down to the jaw. Testosterone is an estrone, a type of estrogen, seem to affect the upper lip. And then progesterone affects the forehead primarily. So uh, people that get on Depo-Provera shots and things like that, they're typically going to see melasma in the forehead. And the thing is, and if you want to treat these things, you have to be off of the offending medication. So now let me give you a list of medications. I have accumulated a list here of the things that cause melasma. So we have conjugated estrogen, estropipate, estradiol, estriol sulfate, elevated pregnancy hormones, oh, which I have to explain to you why that causes melasma in a second. Hepatitis, very big. I've seen an, an increase in hepatitis C lately. I'm not sure exactly where that is coming from, but that causes a rapid onset of, of melasma. If you're someone listening to this and your face is developing these large spots in the last six months at a pretty rapid clip, and you may or may not be jaundiced, I believe you may have hepatitis. So you can write me at drbannonosmosisbeauty.com and I can give you a protocol for that. Sertraline, which I believe is Zoloft, Citalopram, Alprazolam, Clonazepam. I'm giving you the, the core names and not the, you know, not the trade names here. So you'll have to do your own research if you're on medications for anxiety or depression. Chlordiazepoxide, <laughs> Diazepam, Lorazepam, Bupropion, and Acetylopram. Acetylopram, excuse me. So I think all of those things are so associated with the melasma. So what does melasma look like? Well, it's also this dermal redness to start, but then it browns as you go in the sun. And the dermal redness is from the liver. It's very difficult to, to heal your liver, except in the case of pregnancy-related melasma. But that's where the brown is. And you know what they found is doing these aggressive chemical peels and aggressive laser procedures can worsen the problem. So I would, uh, yeah, take, and I think actually when it worsens the problem, it's more of a post-implant PIH problem to the aggressive procedure in, added to the dermal inflammation of the uh, liver. And that's why it expands because the liver damage doesn't expand when you burn your face. So it has to have kind of a, a better explanation. Okay. Why do you get melasma in pregnancy? So my take is that your, when you're in your twenties, your liver's healthy. And you have the surge of hormones when you're pregnant and your liver's got to process those and it's a bit challenging on the liver, but it can handle it because you're in your 20s and, and you're, you're doing good. But unfortunately, by the time you get to about 30, your liver is a little more compromised, not quite as capable of handling the surge in hormones. And as a result, you actually develop melasma that lasts. So you could be someone who whose liver is a bit compromised and you see melasma for like three months and then after three months after delivery, it goes away. That's a liver that's compromised but capable, right? But but after 30, the, uh, many women find it just doesn't go away. Now here's the good news. That's easier to treat. That's easier to heal because those are your natural hormones. The level of damage is not nearly as extensive. And um, so usually you're a more rapid responder. Uh, so let's get to treatments here. Uh, wait, one last pigment source that I, I want to mention is PIH, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation from acne or procedures. So again, this should be easier to treat unless the aggressiveness of the procedure was so severe that there's so much DNA damage that we're not, you know, that it's challenging to treat. I still think I got a shot at it. So let's go through some of that. Remember, we have a DNA repair serum called Catalyst. 
This is our wound healing serum. It's just one of the most remarkable wound healing serums. It's the only serum, right, that reverses scarring in the world. And it is awesome for melasma, not as effective for liver spots. Still worth trying. Uh, It will help some, but it is not as helpful. And then it is helpful in age spots. Uh, And then we have our patented, that was patented product, by the way. And then our patented trioxalane product called Rescue. And this product is also effective in about half the cases of melasma in accelerating lightning at the surface. Again, all we're trying to do there is accelerate the wound healing in the dermis so that less pigment is produced. We're not lightening the pigment production at all. And so you can use both of those in combination and you'll find relatively good success. But until you treat the source, you're going to struggle. And so remember, in order to treat melasma, if you're on hormones, you have to get off of them. If you've developed melasma after being on Zoloft or Prozac for a year or something, I know it's hard, but you've got to find alternative sources of well-being. We have a, an elixir called emotional well-being, which has helped a lot of people wean off of antidepressants, um, but it, it's something you have to do if you want to heal that liver. What I found is if people take the key liver repair supplement we make, it's called Immune Activator, and I am coming out with a new liver repair supplement in the next month or so. That is uh, going to be amazing, and it's going to assist in all of this and help you if, if you've got a stubborn case. And I'm hoping this is my secret sauce for liver spots, even if you don't resolve your anger. I'm hoping, but we shall see. So immune activator uses trioxaline to heal oxidative damage, and oxidative damage is what occurs from these hormones. So hormones cause oxidative damage, and, and, and the Prozacs and the and the you know, Xanaxes and all of those cause the liver damage that results in melasma. And remember, melasma is usually on both sides of the face or across the upper lip or across the forehead. I do think liver flukes are the cause of body melasma. So if you have body melasma, write me because I'm doing some test protocols to treat that. But yeah, it, it is a, uh, it's something that takes three to six to 12 to 18 months. Like a, I would say right now on average, tell people to expect six months of taking trioxalane. And in some people you're able to take a double dose. So if you're curious as to whether or not a double dose will get it done faster of immune activator, you can write me again, drbanadosmosisbeauty.com. And I can muscle test for you to see if you're susceptible. It's about half the people can do a more rapid dose. And, you know, and I also like I trust my intuition. I trust that your intuition is dead on as well. So we have that list. Now for liver spots, you know, the offender is meat and dairy products. So if you're eating less of those... Gosh, you know, if you're getting buy organic dairy wherever possible, buy organic meats wherever possible, I know those aren't always perfect when it comes to pesticide exposure, but they should not ever have the any uh, significant levels of hormones. And I, I do believe it's the hormones in these meat and dairy products that are causing liver spots. And then, of course, process the anger, emotional well-being to wean off depressants, but also can be helpful in helping to manage anger. I've had a lot of people, it's helping a lot of people with PTSD. So it's very possible that this could help you uh, process that anger if you have a significant number of age spot, uh, liver spots or a very large liver spot. Now, topically for liver spots, you know, Catalyst is pretty good. You know, like with all these things, it's uh, it's not 
uh, it's like I said, this is my nemesis. We're we're working on it, but just know that it's it's, it's something that you'll hear from me soon. You know how well we're doing with them with this new additional supplement I'm making. And then age spots, the perfect treatment for the age spot is rescue, which is the trioxalane working on oxidative damage. It's pretty remarkable. You'll see your age spots and the average 40 year old. And I, I do put ages on this because if you're 80, that means you have way more oxidative damage to repair, right? Than the 40 year old. So the average 40 year old will see their age spots disappear in about six to eight weeks. How about that? Right. And this is a semi-permanent effect. This is not like a lightener. When you use a lightener, what ends up happening is you end up you know, you go, you go on vacation and all the suppressing you did is gone in an instant and it's just a waste of money. With what we're doing, we're repairing the wound that causes the melanocyte to overproduce. It is a much more permanent approach. And here's kind of my experience. If I go on rescue for eight weeks and then I go in the sun, I might see 40, 50% of those age spots start to come back. Why? Because I have healed the oxidation damage enough so that the melanocyte no longer feels like it needs to protect that area, so the melanin stops. But I haven't healed it enough where it's still going to be delicate in the sun. And so what you have to do now is you just have to treat it again. The good news is you've only got one oxidation event to repair, so you, you lighten back up very quickly. But then let's say you're on it for three, four, five months, and I think rescue is something you should just be on for the rest of your life. It's so remarkable in its ability to heal texture and all and prevent these things and just strengthen the immune system of the skin. So, but if, let's say you're on it for a year. Now, when you go in the sun, you might see 10, 15% of those age spots come back because you've been able to treat that damage. So the older you are, the longer you're going to have to be on it to have this sort of success, but that's okay. It's still worth the effort. Now I have found that some of these age spots to have a component of DNA damage and they're not as responsive. They, they can be helped with catalyst. Remember catalyst is the DNA serum. And so I mix those two together for age spots all the time. But I will tell you, I'm trying to get and source a new exciting ingredient that I I believe will accelerate the repair of those most stubborn age spots because there are going to be a few of those. And I believe that's a DNA, a unique type of DNA repair that I think I have discovered the solution for. I'm so excited. I will be adding it to rescue just so you know when it comes out. The new rescue formula, hopefully coming out soon, you'll hear more about this ingredient and the other ingredients we added. So that is treatment of age spots. You know, it would be, so if, and if you have PIH, then you're also doing the rescue and the catalyst together because there's lots of wound healing to do there, plus uh, the oxidation damage as well. So uh, yeah, all of those things are going to be effective, but I, I do want to just spend a second on uh, reminding you about this, this lightener issue and, and the lighteners you're using. So, you know, I'm not going to go down the list of all the tyrosinase inhibitors that are not hydroquinone. You know, there's probably eight or 10 of them. Some work on blocking uh, hormone activation of melanin. Some work on straight uh, tyrosine. But yeah, are they okay? Listen, well, I'm about to reintroduce my product called Enlighten. It's a gentle tyrosinase inhibitor, liposome delivered, nothing toxic in it. With the idea that liver spots could use that because I don't have a solution for you yet. And with the idea that you're still always working on the wound with catalyst and rescue for the permanent solution, but it's okay to do a temporary lightening solution. But I would caution you about exfoliating 
regularly. That's going to increase your sun damage. Remember to use zinc or titanium on the surface or, or mineral makeup like the Osmosis Color Line to provide a layer of sun protection on the surface that reflects the sun. All those things are wise to do during that time, especially if you're using a lightener. A lot of people think, oh, I use a lightener, but it's okay because I'm, I'm using an artificial sunscreen. No, I, I want all people, all women to throw away their, their makeup-based coverage with SPF 30 or their moisturizer with SPF 30 that's so light and nimble because it's using chemical sunscreens that cause DNA damage, that cause harm to the skin. And they are not providing enough protection, in my opinion, for the skin for you to be thinking that, hey, I can lighten my umbrella of protection and go in the sun. It, it just doesn't... It's just not an effective way to go. So I encourage you to uh, never, ever use hydroquinone. It also causes a bluish staining of the skin in severe cases called exogenous ochronosis that is very hard to treat. In fact, I, I have a case that I have provided the protocol to, but I'm not sure where they're at in the protocol to tell you if we're able to help heal exogenous ochronosis, but it's the most severe aspect of hydroquinone. And, you know, anything that poisons the skin. So I'm not a fan of retinoic acid. I don't want you poisoning the melanocyte with retinoic acid. And, of course, you don't want to use things that promote DNA. So, again, stay away from the retinols. A lot of people think, oh, part of my pigmentation treatment should be a retinol because it exfoliates. You don't want to exfoliate your skin every day. The osmosis vitamin A lines do not exfoliate your skin. They feed it. And that's the secret to success. So... I don't want to leave without telling you that, you know, you've got also have liver spots on your hands, not just age spots. And so that too is a found maybe uh, something called alendronate sodium and even acetaminophen uh, could be hurting the liver and causing liver spots on the hands. And you say, well, why do I get hands versus face? Different part of the liver, different drug causing a different bit of harm to you. So yes, here's the summary. And thanks for staying with me today. The summary is that your pigment is, is just a miracle in action. It's just an amazing protective component of your skin. I think more, the more pigment you have, the better, except for that one caveat is you're going to have to watch those vitamin D levels. But don't hate those age spots. Know they're there protecting a wound. Accelerate and heal the wound. Don't waste your money on lighteners when you can treat the source and then you don't have to constantly keep fighting the battle. Don't go to a laser to treat your age spots because what does laser do? It heats and cooks and causes DNA damage to the skin when it lifts that age spot temporarily, right? This, anything that's adding to the wound while it's treating the problem is a problem. So I hope that helps today. Look forward to talking to you again next time and uh, we'll see you soon. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ask Dr. Ben. Please leave a review if you can and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to get access to all of my upcoming episodes. My website is osmosisbeauty.com and you can find me on Facebook at osmosisbeauty. You can also follow me on Instagram at osmosis underscore beauty. Thanks for listening.